Welcome to News Tribune on Tap. I'm Gary Castor, Managing Editor at the Jefferson City News Tribune and host of News Tribune on Tap, a weekly conversation about news and issues in Jefferson City that matter to you. So today's special guest is Randy Allen, retired President and Chief Executive Officer of the Jefferson City Area Chamber of Commerce. Hello, Randy. Hey, good morning. Let's just jump into this. As a graduate of K-State, right? K-State Wildcats. K-State Wildcats. You got that right. All right. Um, I'm sure you didn't enter into the job market thinking, you know, my career path is going to make me the CEO and President of the Jeff City Chamber of Commerce. So how did you land there? Let's just start with, give us the backstory behind Randy Allen. Well, so I guess I, I've been considered professionally schizophrenic or bipolar or something like that. Right. But um, yeah, so, you know, I went to school, to be trained as an architect, uh, enjoyed that profession for 17 years. Uh, I was asked uh, to consider taking the director job at the Division of Design and Construction at that time. Uh, and I was getting a little itchy. I mean, I you know, it was, uh, I've worked on quite a few projects and so on, but you know, I just got a little itchy. It wasn't a seven-year itch. It was a 17-year itch. Yeah. And uh, so I took that job and really enjoyed that. Uh, was in that position for 12 years. And then uh, this chamber job came up uh, in 2005 uh, and was asked to apply for that. And, I, you know, I'd always been involved in the, in the chamber. I was the actual volunteer president or chairman of the board at the time. Uh, back a long time ago, mm-hmm. I won't say how long. So I've been a big, was a big fan of the chamber, and consequently, it, I thought, well, this would be this would be something to, you know, fun to consider. So, like I said, I've had three really distinct, s- different uh, careers, yeah. jobs, uh, positions, and uh, uh, that's that's how I kind of ended up in as the president of the chamber. Okay. Well, let's back up for a second. Sure. So architects. So tell me some of the stuff you, you've done as an architect. Well, so, I mean, look, at a lot of it's around the community, but I was responsible for the city hall project uh, that's down, uh, that was built in the early 80s. Uh, I was the project architect on the two new middle schools and the Simonson renovation. Did some work in the Capitol. In fact, the first House of Representatives renovation, working on that whole project, uh, I was the primary person responsible for that. Those are kind of the biggest ones. Uh, Our Savior's Lutheran Church. I, and I think I said in my in my vitae one time, uh, over a hundred separate projects that I was responsible for wow. during that period of time. So. Wow, that's that's got to be pretty cool. I mean, I uh, my dad's a carpenter. I know they're different professions clearly, mm-hmm. but it's it's cool when you're driving around with him and he can say, "I built that. I built that." Right. You know, it's, it's got to be kind of a a cool testimony to your your career there of in the town that you've been much of your life all of your life all of my life other than the five years in manhattan kansas yeah, yeah. to to see these uh-huh. pieces of um, that you've got a connection to absolutely it is a it is a very <clears throat> um very um challenging profession but a very uh one that's enrich you know it, you know you, you enrich yourself because you actually develop something, see it built, and then you can actually see what you've accomplished. It's kind of like I always said about cutting grass. I love cutting grass. Do you? Yeah, because you can see what you've got to do, you see where you've been, and you see when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> if only it would stay cut. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so for those of who may not know, so let's talk about the chamber. So mm-hmm. what, what are the duties of the president CEO? What, what did you do 
during business hours? Well, so the chamber uh, at uh, currently, <clears throat> and I, it's in the process of some uh, metamorphosis uh, in terms of economic development and chamber. Uh, chambers are associations of small businesses uh, in a community for the purpose of uh, creating commerce uh, in a community and helping those small businesses uh, accomplish that goal. Uh, economic development is primarily a public sector function uh, in cities and counties or all across the United States to encourage, to incentivize, uh, you know, jobs and employment and so on in a community. So those two functions have were uh, together in the chamber for, oh my goodness, 40 years or more. Hmm. Uh, and so as the president of the chamber, uh, Basically, I oversaw those two functions. Okay. So you've recently retired, mm -hmm. and it's given you a chance to pause, take a breath maybe, um, and look back. So what are some of the biggest challenges you remember facing during your tenure at the chamber? Well, I think <clears throat> the, biggest, uh, the biggest challenge by far was the, how, the, uh, how the economic development program uh, needed to change, uh, asked to be changed, uh, how difficult it was to change uh, over that period of time. And, you know, the economy in the early 2000s was different than the economy after the Great Recession. Mm. Uh, and now with the changes in COVID, it's even more different now. But, uh, you know, companies were shedding jobs instead of creating jobs. Companies, companies were looking to contain uh, their employment in one or two locations instead of expanding. Mm. So our whole economic development structure in the early 2000s was based on capturing new facilities and more employment from those companies. So it, it, it kind of, you know, it switched gears a little bit. So convincing people that we were doing, uh, still doing a good job was more difficult. Right. And then obviously blending tax dollars with, with uh, private dollars was also another challenge. So what were some of the strategies to try to, because uh, it's to grow jobs, retain jobs, grow jobs locally. So what are some of the strategies? That well, and so that? we went from trying to attract uh, <clears throat> employment to, uh, from people that were not here already to uh, helping them grow jobs for the companies that were here already. Mm. One of the things we really did well and tried to do well was to encourage companies like Command Web that printed materials for Scholastic, which is located less than a half a mile from it. So we tried to bring companies in that were complementary to the companies that were already here. Uh, several success stories with regard to Unilever. You know, they, they make all kinds of liquid mm -hmm. uh, shampoo and soap products, uh, well, for North, North America here. And so we brought several suppliers, uh, plastic bottle suppliers, uh, you know, to the community so that they wouldn't be shipping air, plastic air, all, all over right. the country and increasing costs. So we were successful in doing that. Um, and that became mostly the game that, uh, you know, we needed to play, which was strategize on instead of trying to bring another unilever to the community right help the unilever that's already here and grow stronger absolutely yeah absolutely. so and increase that synergy there absolutely of again you're not you're not transporting things over the road they're they can work and closer together physically and when I came to the chamber, that wasn't even on radar, the radar screen. Yeah, that's how things changed. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Great Recession really changed 
uh, the way everybody looks at it because people were shedding. I think they used a lot of it as an excuse. I think changes were, were coming. Yeah. We just didn't know it. And then when the recession hit, people used it as an excuse to do what they were going to do right. anyway. So um, that made a big change in, in the work that we did. Yeah. And you kind of wonder if that's sort of repeating itself with COVID. It is totally repeating <clears throat> itself now. Yeah. Uh, in, in, a, in a more drastic way, unfortunately. I mean, there will be so many changes that will come about uh, because of what we're going through right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah. But yes, on, on a smaller scale in 2008-9 and now with COVID, definitely. People are, you know, everybody said, well, you know, it'd be nice to work remote. And it yeah. would be more productive in some cases for folks to work remote. Yeah, I don't know if we can pull it off. Our our professional our uh, personnel policy manual doesn't allow for it. We got to we got to watch them eight to five every right, day. Right. And now you know people got comfortable with it. Yeah. So uh, that will change. I think all although there will be a, a backlash. Yeah. Uh, on it, I think people will get so have so much cabin fever that they're going to want to socialize again at least some part. So I see it happening two or three days a week, mm-hmm. and then two or three days a week in in the office. Yeah. So. I would think that has to be horrible for um, folks who are selling real estate office space. I mean, um, or in this instance, um, the state, you know, at what point does the state start looking at all the property that it's leasing that, you know, they've, they've kind of, they have a sizable portion that's working remote now. There could be some potential savings in that. Yeah, and when I was in state government, the, the, I remember developing a, a work-at-home policy, but it was primarily for the IT people, the, yeah. the, the folks in the IT world. And uh, that was so difficult, I mean, so painful yeah. to try to make that fit into the box of, of uh, how other state employees viewed that. So, But, no, I think you're, I think you're right. It's, it, it will have some long-term change that, mm. you know, is, is scary, but, you know, we're a pretty adaptable bunch here in the united states i think we can we we can adapt yeah yeah and i will say again i think there's some there's some great advantages to remote work but on the other hand our newsroom here has been remote since march um, for the most part and it makes it really difficult to collaborate really different and uh, especially one of the big challenges is retaining and hiring new people Mm -hmm. training them remotely is is crazy right i mean it's it's almost impossible. In almost got to be impossible. So, yeah, I think there it, it it cannot sustain itself to have people remote for five days a week. It just yeah. cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, but I think there'll be a combination, and and uh, that's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's circle back. So, what okay. are some of the biggest wins then when you look back on your time? There are things you know. Again, it's like the the uh, the drive around town that you're going to think, "Hey, I had a hand in that," uh, you mm-hmm. know, or. This was an exciting time when this happened. What are some things that, that you recall that you did that, that um, you're quite pleased about? Well, you know, and I, I think developing two, uh, again, I think the, the, uh, my biggest um, success or our biggest success, I should say, is uh, adapting to, you know, to the new economy twice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we really uh, worked hard to make those changes uh, in our work, in our systems, uh, in our incentives to accommodate that. We just didn't stay with the same program, um, you know, all the time. So, um, you know, it was, I don't, you, you, you can't necessarily point to one or two things, uh, you know, like, well, here was, here's that project or here was that project. Um, I think the success was 
adapting constantly to the change in the economy. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about the whole idea of, um, you know, the state being the biggest employer in Jeff City? What do you see that changing in the future? <laughs> do you see that as how, how is that going to play out? Well, so uh, I think state government will, uh, you know, uh, uh, there will be a lot less people mm-hmm. that will drive to or carpool to downtown Jefferson City to, you know, to, to work in one of the office buildings. Uh, there will be more remote work, but their zip code will be the cha- their, their where their paycheck comes from will still be the same. So they'll still be counted. There'll still be 14,000 employees right. uh, in Cole County. Um, so, I mean, it, it will, it will change. Uh, one of the things years ago that happened, I think with state government was they went from, uh, an hour lunch to a half an hour lunch and that almost devastated, you know, the, the restaurants and, and, uh, shops in downtown Jefferson oh, city yeah. people, you know, you wouldn't do something then for a half an hour. You right. would, you would uh, get in your car at four o'clock and get out of here. Uh, whereas yeah. when you had an hour lunch hour, you could walk downtown, eat downtown, and so yeah, on and so maybe forth. Maybe even so, shop. Yeah, had a little bit of yeah. time. Yeah, I'm. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's a good steady employment base. Um, it's difficult to manage the change with trying to convince people that this is not just a government town. Yeah. That uh, because a, a, a quarter of the workforce is state government oriented. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I mean, I don't see it changing. I, I hope it doesn't change. Right. If if it changes, it's not going to change the other way. It's right. not going to be because we have so many more private employers. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be that state government brings people out of here. Yeah. So as you've left the position, what do you see as some of the biggest opportunities? Because, you know, now you can step back and you've got maybe a different perspective. Mm-hmm. When you look, what are the biggest opportunities for the chamber, but also just for the community in general? Well, I think, you know, the chamber's going through uh, the process now to evaluate whether it wants to have, or I guess when I say the chamber, the chamber's leading the process to uh, look at making just a chamber organization and then creating a new economic development organization. Uh, and so that, I think, is an opportunity when, you, when people would agree that that is a way to go. It's also an extremely difficult challenge uh, because we're not generally in this uh, community. We're not likely to support, fund, um, and manage two organizations that have very similar uh, opportunities and challenges for mm-hmm. them. So uh, I think that's a it, it. It's an opportunity and a and a a, a challenge as well. You know, I think uh, once again, this COVID thing is an opportunity. It, it's going to be what it is. I mean, we're not going to probably be out of this until some kind of a vaccine is is uh, developed. But the opportunity and the challenge to uh, assist companies with that, that shift in mm-hmm. philosophy and how services uh, are, are uh, d- delivered uh, in your business community is going to be a real a real difficult thing. But it brings, uh, with, with every challenge, brings some opportunities. Sure, sure. So now that you left the chamber, what's your future look like? I mean, you can only fish for so long, right? Right. At some point, you've got to do something besides fishing. Yeah. So uh, you guys know me pretty well. You know that I'm, <clears throat> I, I can't do that. Right. Uh, I, I, I love fly fishing, and I will do a lot more of that. But, uh, you know, I intend uh, to kind of come back to my roots with, uh, with regard to architecture. I've 
I've been doing that as kind of a hobby for the last 15 years. My son is a contractor and I do quite a bit of projects for him, little projects here, little projects there. Uh, and I've already started to, um, you know, I've developed, continued a company called RGA Consulting. Uh, and I'm going to be working in that, in that field. Uh, again, at my pace, uh, I plan to collaborate with some other architectural firms and, and contractors to do different kinds of projects. So I haven't really made that, you know, I'm, I haven't even written the recipe yet for that. Yeah. But, uh, but someday that cake will be baked and maybe it'll be iced. But yeah, yeah I, I intend to do that. So my my uh profession uh you know b b became a kind of a hobby and and now it's back to a profession again well good well good is there anything else you'd like to share with the community just about uh, your experience or or your wishes for the community well i mean i obviously have a, a great affinity for this this place and uh, i th i hope it it and it, i'm sure it will do well again we have challenges here you know, I think we don't. We're not going to have the challenges that other places have. I don't believe. I I believe that we'll have less, less virus. Uh, we'll we'll be just because of the way we, we don't interact. We're not densely populated like a lot of other places. Uh, most of what I understand. This is really interesting uh, from from the conversations with uh, Christy Campbell. You know, most of the disease that we have, the virus that we have, has been people going somewhere else on vacation and bringing it back. Bringing it back, yeah. So, um, I, makes sense. Right. Um, but, you know, I think hopefully uh, we'll be able to weather that and, and hopefully move the community forward. All right. Well, Randy, thanks for joining us today. It's been my pleasure, Gary. Thanks for listening. You can find News Tribune on tap at newstribune.com. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play.